are. Lord, we pray now that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you will enable us to worship you this day in spirit and in truth. Speak to our hearts and our minds. May you be glorified with all that's said and done. May your people be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to turn with me once again to the gospel according to St. Matthew. And I want to uh, shine the sermonic spotlight on verse 11 for today's sermon. Here we find Jesus again teaching his disciples this model prayer. Some call it the Lord's Prayer. Others a model prayer. He's taking the time out to to teach them. Prayer is essential. Prayer is important. And he says in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. Now for the past uh, several weeks or so, we have been uh, working our way through this model prayer. We've been dissecting it pretty good, I think. And in fact, I've been getting a lot out of it and I've been feasted on it. And I hope that you are gaining a better understanding of the Lord's Prayer so that when you pray it, it will have deeper meaning. Jesus begins to teach him in verse 9, just for a matter of review. In verse 9, he says, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. The word Jesus uses for father is Abba. Abba was a word used to express a deep, up-close, personal love relationship between a father and his sons and his daughters. So now, when you say the Lord's Prayer, when you begin with our father, Abba should come to your mind. Abba would not be used in instances where father and his children were estranged or separated because of conflict or confusion. Abba would not be used in situations where fathers neglected their responsibilities to their children. Fathers were only referred to as Abba in Jesus' day when they were closely woven together in, with an inseparable cord of, of ceaseless, unconditional love. That was Abba. Paul expresses Abba's father's inseparable, ceaseless love in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 and 39, uh, when he wrote, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him, that is Abba, father through him, God, who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, look at the nors underscore, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, count the nors, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of our Father of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Father loves us. So it is in the text, Jesus says to his, his followers and to you and to me, when you pray, remember, your prayers are not 
uh, offered out in space to some cosmic being with whom you have no personal or no intimate contact. But rather when you pray, you pray with confidence that you are talking with, that you are sharing with, that you are conversing with, that you are communicating with your heavenly father, Abba, who loves you more than you can think or imagine. So when you say our father, pray with confidence that you are talking to God who loves you more than you can think or imagine. A God who has an intimate love relationship with you. A God who is personally involved in every moment of your life, every aspect of your total being. And he loves you more than you can think or imagine. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 16 and and 17, captures the immeasurableness of Abba's love, Abba Father's love for each of his sons and daughters by explaining that God so loved the world, Abba Father so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, that's us, shall not perish but have everlasting life. God, our Father, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's good news. That's what, that's what Bethlehem, it's all about. That's what the season of Advent is all about. We're looking forward to the second coming of Jesus. That's what Bethlehem is all about. That's what the manger is all about. That's what the virgin birth of Jesus is all about. In essence, that's what Christmas is all about. Abba Father who loves us more than we can think or imagine. That's what Calvary is all about. That's what his suffering and bleeding and dying on the cross is all about. That's what the resurrection is all about. It's about Abba Father who loves us deeply. And Then in verse 9b, Jesus says, pray, hallowed be your name. Jesus teaches his disciples to hallow God's name. We ought to hallow God's name. We ought to hallow everything associated with God's name. We ought to hallow the church. We ought to to reverence the church. To hallow God's name means to hold his name in highest esteem, to treat his name with the utmost sanctity, to speak his name only on the most sacred of terms. Verse 10, with the words, Jesus continues in verse 10, with the words, your kingdom come. Jesus teaches his followers to pray for the coming of God's kingdom future. When under Christ's rule, all evil practices and evil purposes and evil people will be banished and Jesus Christ will reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray for the coming of the kingdom future. But not only is thy kingdom come about the future, it's also about the present. Jesus says pray for the coming of the kingdom present. Pray that the kingdom will come through the salvation of souls. 
through the precious blood of Jesus. Pray that the kingdom will come through discipleship. People learning and growing to be more in the likeness of, of Jesus. Pray that through the preaching and the teaching of God's word, the people will come hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And through people, God's kingdom will come through people who will allow God's righteousness in them to translate into their daily lifestyles. Jesus says, pray thy kingdom come, that those who are hungering and thirsting will allow the word of God to translate in their daily lifestyles, on the job, at home, in school, wherever we may be. Thy kingdom come to pray that God's people's lifestyles will uh, translate into love instead of hate, help instead of hurt, building up instead of tearing down, spreading the truth instead of lies, spreading the sweet-smelling aroma of Jesus in a world smoldering and smothered under the stench of sin. Jesus says, pray thy kingdom come. Jesus says, pray now that God's kingdom will come through missions where people will reach out to hurting people locally and around the world with resources to help those who so desperately need just the basics of life, food, clothing, shelter, clean water, and medicines. Jesus says, pray that God's kingdom will come through missions. Then in verse 10b, Jesus says, pray for God's will to be done as it is in heaven. When we pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are doing at least two things. First, we are saying to God, I am bending my will to yours. That's what Jesus is saying when he's teaching them to pray, thy will be done. Pray saying, Abba, Father, I am bending my will. My will, my wants, my desires to yours. It's not about me or what I want. Rather, it's about our Father and what he wants. Second, when we pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are rebelling against the worldly notion that sin is normal, inevitable and should therefore be yielded to or at least tolerated. When we pray that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we set ourselves solidly, uncompromisingly, unapologetically against ungodliness, against the dishonoring of Jesus Christ in every way, shape, form, or fashion. And to pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is to proclaim as David did in Psalm 6 to 8 and 1, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let those also who hate him flee before him. Now notice today's focal verse, verse 11. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, give us this day our daily bread. The word bread in verse 11 has both a literal and figurative meaning. 
Literally, bread represents a food substance eaten order in order to provide nourishment to the body. But figuratively, bread represents God's divine provisions, which include all the sustenance God supplies to his sons and daughters, scene by scene and day by day, in order that we might function properly and live centered in his will. Notice Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day all that we need. Give us this day all of the sustenance of life necessary for us to carry out your will. Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, not give us tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but give us today what we need. Did you catch that? He didn't say give us next year, give us tomorrow. He says give us this day our daily bread. God sought to teach the children of Israel to trust him daily in Exodus 16 by providing them quail every evening and manna, which bread from heaven each morning. Moses said to the people, you remember the story? Take only what you need for today. Take only what you need for For each day. And in verse 19, Moses said, let no one leave any till morning. No leftovers. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just take what you need today. The point was, trust God for your daily bread. Wouldn't you know it? There were some hard-headed folk. I mean, they heard the message clearly. Just take what, what you need to, today. Don't, don't stop, pal. Just take what you need to, today. Moses is trying to teach them to trust God. God wants his people to trust him daily. But would you know there were some hard-headed people who felt like they had a better idea than God's, who felt like their plan was better than God, who revealed bailed against Moses, defied his instructions, and tried to keep some food over for the next day. And verse 20 informs us that the food spoiled and Moses was angry. You see, the issue was that some of the people did not trust God for their substance. Daily. So here's a truism. When we get to the place where we can trust God to provide for us daily, trusting Him to provide for us tomorrow will not be a problem. If we can trust Him today, He's He's God of today, tomorrow. And forever, when we get to the point where we can trust him to provide for today, trusting him to provide for tomorrow will not be an issue. 
children of Israel could get to trust God to feed them today. Then in later years, it would not be an issue to trust God. Now, this is kind of a challenging concept for us who live in the Western world because we are accustomed to stockpiling and, and having so much. But not a couple months ago, my wife and I were on vacation in St. John, Virgin Islands, during the hurricane. And when the hurricane hit, it knocked out all the power all over the island. When the power went out, refrigerators stopped working. When the power went out, freezers no longer functioned. And it wasn't long before the food in the freezers and refrigerators was useless. No running water, no cold water, no cooking on stoves except for those who were able to get generators, had generators, and then gas became a problem to keep them running. But in the midst of it all, we noticed something pretty amazing. That is, the people on the island who knew God, the people in the island who trusted Jesus, didn't seem to be worried at all. They were out and about picking up debris and and moving trash and and cleaning up. But they were not preoccupied with tomorrow. They just literally put into practice the words of Matthew 6 and 11. Give us this day our daily bread. They kept looking to God, to our Father, to give them the bread they needed, the substance they needed, the necessities they needed for that day. And so Sister Pickett and I able to put into practice, give us this day. Because a hot meal was not promised the next day. And so we literally came face to face with give us this day. A couple of years ago when our team went to Haiti, the children and the people lived by this. Give us this day. They literally trusted people to come and provide. They literally trusted God to to bless them. Parents literally look to God to provide beans and rice for their children. No freezers for many of them. No refrigerators. Just today. Second verse 11 teaches us that God is the true source of all we need. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray to God who is the ultimate source for all of our resources. God is the true source of all, all we need. Our life, our breath, our help, our health, our possessions, our gifts, our talents, and our opportunities all originate from resources that God has created and made available for us. So while farmers can plant seed 
Only God can give the sunshine and the rain and the right chemical balance in the soil to cause seed to germinate and grow and provide food for our table. It all goes back to God. While doctors and nurses can treat, only God can work in the body in a way to heal us. The writer of Acts 17, 24 and 28 explains the matter like this. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in tents made with hands, nor is he worshipped with man's hands as though he needs anything, since he gives to all life and breath and all things. It all comes from God. Verse 28, for in him, don't miss this, for in him, not in our abilities, for in him, not in our gifts, for in him, not in all of the wealth we may be able to amass, for in him, the biblical writer says, we live and we move and we have our being. Last noontime Bible study, during the testimony period, Mother Speed asked the group to just inhale. And so the group present inhaled, and then she says, now just exhale. And the group exhaled, and she said, now thank God for that breath. Give us this day our daily bread. Thank God for even the next breath. Thank him for this breath. It all belongs to him. The very air that we breathe belongs to God. Jesus teaches, pray that everything you need today will be provided by the gracious hand of God. Verse 11 reminds me of the words of the hymn entitled, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Written by Thomas O. Chisholm, Mr. Chisholm wrote, Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see and here is the verse that really captivates the essence of give us this day our daily bread the writer says all i have needed thy hand has provided all that you and I need, God's hands provide every day, every moment. That's why Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. God always provides for all of our needs on a daily basis. We need not worry. We need not fret. Whatever we need, God will provide. He said he would. Greatest thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me, weighing in on the faithfulness of God towards his children. David testifies in Psalm 37 and 5, I have been young, 
and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken. That means left alone, abandoned, deserted by God. David says God provides every single day. I can imagine when he was on the field facing the giant Goliath, he was not worrying about tomorrow. All he was concerned about was the fast-move stone and what God would do for him that day. Yet I've never seen a righteous forsaken, left alone, not one day, left alone, left alone, not one day abandoned, not one day deserted by God, nor have I seen his seed begging bread, sustenance, necessities, the requirements of life. So to accept the Lord's provision for the present day without worry for our needs tomorrow, without worrying about our needs tomorrow, next week, next month, or even next year. It's really a testimony of our contentment in his goodness and in his faithfulness. Jeremiah 3, 24 and 22 through 24, the prophet wrote these profound words. Because of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new, get this, every morning. Every morning when we wake up, God is committed to taking care of us. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion. That is, the Lord is my portion right now. The Lord is my portion today. I won't worry about tomorrow. God is my portion today. The prophet says, great is your Faithfulness, the Lord is my portion. My soul says, therefore, I hope in him. So, if we buy into the prayer Jesus taught us, give us this day, today, our daily bread. We buy into the truism that God does take care of his own. So now let us pray with complete confidence in our omnipotent, all-powerful, sovereign God, the words Jesus taught us to pray. Without worrying about tomorrow, without anxiety about tomorrow, without concerning ourselves, about tomorrow, let us pray to Abba Father with great confidence and satisfaction and trust. Abba Father, give us this day our daily bread and then trust him to do it.